Seeing Red the Pod, episode 28, where we always discuss the latest Nebraska issues. I'm Stephanie, and here with me today, as always, are my co-hosts, Melody and April. Hey, ladies. Hey, hey. Hi. <sighs> what a it's week. Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just want to, like, say... Why is it the end of September and it was hot this weekend? Mm-hmm. I'm not having that. I'm not happy. No. I'm just, it felt like another sign of Armageddon from 2020 and it made me mad. <laughs> I what was not expecting the rain. I was happy about the rain. I didn't have yeah. to water the garden. <laughs> and it's been really, really dry. I realized, I thought I was like, man, this summer hasn't gotten that hot. Like, what was the deal? But the problem is, is when it was really hot, um, in August, when we usually have heat and humidity, we didn't have any humidity, and then it just didn't feel as hot. It was kind of weird. 2020. Do you think that's why my tomatoes didn't do that well? Yeah, I, maybe. Well, usually, you just need lots of heat. They don't really care about the humidity. Mm. What did right, you do well. this weekend, April? What did I do? Oh, I took my daughter on a Girl Scout uh, cleanup of a lake cleaning up the shoreline and stuff for a project they're doing and I get to paint a lot but today I watched that show on Netflix everybody's talking about that my octopus teacher oh yeah have seen it? It? I, I haven't seen it yet but I do it, have it on my list it's just this guy who um he doesn't scuba dive he just snorkels so I don't know how he can hold his breath this long but he snorkels um in these kelp forests and he found this octopus one day. He didn't know what it was. It was like a pile of, it looked to me like a pile of shells. Like this octopus had covered himself all up in shells to disguise himself. And um, so he was filming it and he's like, what is that? And then, you know, the fish got nearby because they were like, what is that? And all of a sudden the octopus leapt out and it got the fish. And so he decides he's gonna go and see this octopus every day, every single day. He goes to find this octopus. And this octopus, they become like friends. I'm not even kidding. The octopus like finally reaches out and like touches his hand and he's like, Where? And then like like the second time he finally touches it, um, you know, he has to get up for air. So he's like, okay. So he's trying to like gently pull his hand out. The octopus just rode like all the way up to the surface with him on his hand. That is and so nuts. he goes back and sees it. It gets attacked one day and then he's worried it's gonna die. It's weird. I don't know. <laughs> that sounds so cool. I don't know if I'm all on board with the I learned from an octopus thing exactly, but I like octopus and I think the ocean's mm-hmm. cool. So Fair it's enough. beautiful. Um, did you know that I used to work at the Girl Scout Council for like four years? I oversaw I this huge territory in Omaha and then I oversaw a 
six different counties um, from the Lincoln office, none of which were Lancaster County. So I have done a lot of Girl Scout traveling in this state. And when I was in high school, I got my gold award. Nice work. <laughs> Stephanie, you were a hardcore Girl Scout person, weren't you? I was a Girl Scout leader for a very long time. Yeah. And you know what? When the world's going to chaos, those girls still reach out to me. That's right. Yeah. It really, really matters. Having strong female mentorship. Yep. They made me a better person. So all you lady mm-hmm. listeners out there, uh, be a Girl Scout leader. Okay, thanks. Yep. And get your kids <laughs> in Girl Scouts. Yeah, and get your uh, kids <laughs> in Girl Scouts. What are we talking about tonight? What's going on? What's shaking? What's happening in the world? Do we have to talk about what's happening in the world? <laughs> Tell me something wonderful. Like, talk to me about Elizabeth Warren. Um, well, Does I anyone see, see her? Tonight, okay. um, the Democrats had their huge, uh, their big annual event. And it was really cool because usually it's just keynote speakers. But tonight, uh, the keynote and the majority of the program um, was, I'm going to get the other representative's name, but it was Cara, a, a conversation about important topics like healthcare and climate change and um, a few other things, but it was Cara Eastman and um, Kate Bowles and Senator Elizabeth Warren. And I'll be honest with you, my, um, I am Deb getting the- Holland. Deb Holland. And then we also heard from um, the young woman who's running in Missouri uh, Congressional District 1 uh, for House of Representatives, um, who's a Ferguson activist. She's a single mom, nurse practitioner. Uh, Boyd, yeah. I believe, is her last name. Mm. And so it was pretty, you guys, it was fantastic. Listening what was to your, those ladies, it was just what, really cool. What was your takeaway from the Ferguson? activist who is now running for office okay so I didn't get to hear her remarks yet because I was um helping with something that was about to happen at the actual event ah that was played uh very close to when Jane um was wrapped in a star blanket by the Lemire family and um chairman um chairman Wright so I did not get to see that yet but my link I get to watch it I'm going to watch the whole thing start to finish uh, later on this week. Do you know if people wanted to watch it, could they still buy a ticket since it was all virtual? I don't know. That's a really good question. We should ask and then we'll put it in the notes. Yeah. Okay, cool. I like it. So I think it's really cool what you were saying about how they were uh, laser focused on issues and explaining and training all of the people that were following along on what you know what is climate change and what are people proposing to do what are the policy solutions on the table I think that's such a healthy change from like I know when I first started following politics really closely it was this sense like oh, we're just voting by party we're not that component was missing so like, what are the policies people, like, as yep. collectively, are we advocating for? And so what kind of standards should we be holding our candidates to? 
Like it was just candidate by candidate, but as long as they were blue, we were supposed to just kind of rally for them. Well, and that's and not I really think what's that, happening. I think that politics in our country all all together needs to not be about party affiliation, but where people are on the issues and what kind of solutions they have to address the huge obstacles that we're facing. Well, I mean, climate change is such a great example because we have two political parties and what what we should be seeing in a healthy system is we should see the two parties saying, I have solutions. And then the other one should be like, and we have different solutions. And then they fight it out and come up with some sort of compromised solution. But instead what we have is we have the Democrats who say, we believe in science and these are our ideas to address these problems that science is bringing us. And then you have the Republican party, which says we don't believe in science and we're not, we don't have solutions because we don't even believe that there's a problem because we just don't believe in science. Mm -hmm. That's not a healthy system. So I just think that's really bringing cool me, that, what's that? What's that? So April? You're bringing me down. <laughs> no, I think Environment, it's- We really have to talk about current issues. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to talk about- What alternative do we have? <laughs> you know, I can I mean, tell I, you what my cat did this weekend. <laughs> Okay, that'll break, help me up, uh, bring me up, do it. I have an old cat who's a crabby tabby. She's 14. We got a little kitten who's a little crazy. The older cat rocket is like, what did you do to me? She wouldn't even look at the kitten for a long time. I caught them cuddling in my clean laundry basket, mind you, which I did not appreciate, but they were being very <laughs> cute. And the kitten was licking and grooming the old cat. And I don't think the old cat was like, yeah, please do this. She was more like, okay, fine. I'll let you if you have to, but I feel like we're making some real progress over here. Aww. <laughs> so, that's my so cat. Cute. Maybe you story. can put that, maybe you can send that video to our Patreons. Oh, <laughs> video guys, it. It's really cute. Do it. If they can get a picture of my bird feeder, they can get a cute cat video. <laughs> I love it. That's what the internet was for. <laughs> Honestly, like good cat videos really do make the internet go round. Right. Speaking of the Democratic Party, I heard there, I saw, I've already seen in the Omaha World Herald that Sunday night when we record usually, I saw that there was a resolution brought forward by Precious McKesson and Jakeen Fox both who have been guests yep. on our pod before people should go back and listen to those episodes if you missed them. Uh, can you talk about that, Stephanie? Were you there? Were you in the room when it happened? I was on the <laughs> Zoom where it happened. She was on <laughs> so Zoom totally where it happened. Where it happened. Where it the happened. Zoom where it happened. The Zoom where it happened. <laughs> <laughs> Is going to text me after they, they listen to this episode. Um, yes, I was there. It was um, pretty contentious um, because, of course, there are some people who don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. Um, mm -hmm. But ultimately, uh, the state central committee came together and um, there was somebody recommend that we remove the names from the resolution so that it was more generic which 
unfortunately, stuff like this happens all the time. And maybe we need a generic one. I don't know. But I thought that it was really important, um, especially after um, the James Gerlach, uh, the investigator guy. Oh, John Klein. Yeah, after Don Klein had uh, said that uh, James was not a victim, um, I thought it was very timely uh, that this was brought and um, it passed with, I think there was only a couple of people who didn't vote for it. Um, and so it's probably a little more strongly worded than some would like, but in the climate of what's going on in our country and rampant racism and the lack of value that a lot of Americans put on black lives and brown lives, something had to be said. And I'm actually uh, really proud to be part of the body that passed that. That is fantastic. And I think, I mean, this is what I was talking about earlier where you have two different groups and they disagree and they work towards a compromise solution. And then you take a vote and the winner wins. And that, I mean, mm -hmm. that's, healthy system it's okay that not everybody came to the table all in the same place and they disagreed we should have healthy ways to disagree and healthy processes to move forward so Amen. i just i even like just how it you know processed through how can you say how does one if somebody's listening and they're like well how do i get on the zoom where it happened how do people work their way up to the state party central committee? Like what would be the path if someone was interested in uh, activating in that way? So the state central committee is composed and we just changed this yesterday was a continuation of the state convention. Um, so there were some changes made to the constitution and bylaws yesterday. So bear with me. Um, and then it was a state central committee also a committee meeting, but the state central committee is composed of uh, a man and a woman. Um, there's some clarification on uh, what that means, but typically uh, two people that do not identify of the same gender um, from each of the 49 legislative districts. And then there are some automatic members that chair the caucuses, um, the executive committee, which has people like the chair, the vice chair. Um, and then they added some additional spots, um, one for each of the tribal nations in the state of Nebraska. And then I can't remember the other thing because there was a lot going on yesterday. Wow. Um, so, but if people really want to do that, you just, it, it happens on, um, it, election every two years, election years, and then uh, midterms. Um, and you go to um, this county convention and run to be a delegate for the state convention. And at the state convention, then they pick the uh, representatives for the legislative districts. Okay, so it would be if someone wanted to go to state level political party work, you need to go through your county party and it happens every two years, and you can run for one of the two seats for your legislative district. Yeah, there are also lots of other ways that if people wanted to be involved with state uh, party action that they could, they could join any of a number of the fantastic caucuses and affiliated 
organizations like the Climate Caucus um, or the Women's, or it's the Climate Action Committee, I believe now, because they uh, changed some of that, or the Women's Caucus or the Latinx Caucus, Black Caucus, um, you know, the Working Families. Um, anyway, there's a number of things and people can get involved in that level. They can volunteer. I know the state party's getting ready to do 100,000 phone calls in 10 days um, to get out the vote for Kate and Cara um, and to try to get the blue dot and the blue Pac-Man and people can make calls from home. Um, they can go in and do no contact lit drops. They can write postcards. Um, they can make phone calls to new voters. There's lots of work to be done and um, anybody could reach out to us and we will send them in the right direction. Excellent. I wrote postcards and Stephanie knows I got a little goofy at the end. <laughs> that was I drew some hearts, rainbows. And every packet like, of postcards I did, this, I knew at least one person. And so I got to write like <laughs> something I knew them and I did like 480 postcards this week. And so um, Dang, it was pretty girl. cool. I really enjoyed that. Um, what I really enjoy at this time of year are ballot chasing phone calls. So wh whichever candidate you love, or you can go with um, a group, like I'm sure Civic Nebraska might be doing some of this work or the party certainly will be doing some of this work, but you make calls to people who already have their ballots and ballots are gonna be arriving this week. You make calls to people who got their ballots and say, hey, you need to mail your ballot back. And then, I mean, it, this, people are really friendly. They're happy. They're like, oh, yeah, I know. You're right. I got to get that mailed back. By the way, who are you voting for for this office? And it's some down ballot race that you've never heard of. And you can talk through, like, your own opinions. And they're just really cool phone calls. Um, I think they ballot, really help people. Ballot chasing phone calls. They're the best. People are so excited to hear from you. These are people who vote and are committed right. to voting. Right. They're, um, you know, it's, they're not just like, oh, can, I'm calling to tell you to vote for whoever. Um, you might be calling on behalf of like Elliot Bostar or Kate Bowles or whatever. Um, but that's not really the point of your call. Your point of the call is you're taking mail your ballot back. And the, can the campaign will pick out voters who they think are already likely to vote for them anyway. That's why you're, they're on your list. So I think they're really fun I, calls. I would think there is a lot more ballot chasing calls to be made this year because a lot more mail-in votes. Absolutely. And people forget to mail their ballots. Yeah. So, so that is a thing. Everybody needs to mail your ballot back. It doesn't count if you just Or drop it, it off. They actually, um, Lincoln City Libraries have added a mail or ballot drop boxes at the, all of their locations, which is awesome and just how it should be. But you can also drop it off at the election commissioner and um, you can, they have a drop box there. So lots of ways to get that in. Um, if you put them in those, you don't have to put a stamp on it. So that's cool. But you do so have to I sign have it. To sign it. Sign it. Well, and yeah. something not everybody realizes, if you go and um, there's a, just Google uh, Nebraska voter registration, but it's through the Secretary of State's website. Um, you can check your registration and it will tell you if they got your ballot and if it was accepted. 
But like if you, for example, forgot to sign it, you'll see that they rejected your ballot and you can go get another ballot and try again. Um, so just everyone, if you mailed it back, just make sure you check and make sure you see that it got they received and was approved. Yeah. Um, also, there is still time to register to vote if you've moved or you have like a teen who's able to vote for the first time. Anybody who will be 18 by November 3rd can register. So if you have a teenager turning 18, you know, end of October, they can still register. Um, registration deadline to online is October 16th. Um, in person is October 23rd. By mail, postmarked by October 16th. So keep that in mind. And if you're gonna mail your ballot, mail it early. We all know that the post office has slowed down. I think as long as you're within seven days of November 3rd, if it's more than seven days, you should be fine. If it's less than seven days, just go drop it off by hand. Don't don't put it in the mail. Yeah, or like I said, in Lincoln, there's libraries. I don't know, I wonder if any other town's gonna do that. They totally should. What a great civic service. Oh yeah. And check out a so book while you're there. Yeah, look up some jobs, get an audio book, go to story time. No, there's no story time, but whatever. <laughs> Not right now. Um, can we talk about um, something on the news now? Is that yeah. cool? Okay, so anybody who knows me knows that like the one thing that gets my goat the most is being hoodwinked. Mm -hmm. do not like it no you do and not and no <laughs> and it, it just it flabbergasts me and it just makes me irate and we're being hoodwinked again um joanne young in the journal star has a great article about the medical marijuana ballot petition and the secrecy beside behind who paid um, to get that issue in front of the Nebraska Supreme Court. So here's what happens. Um, Lincoln attorney, Mark Failson, Failson, I think is how you say it. He reaches out and contacts Lancaster County Sheriff Terry Wagner and says, you know, I don't think this medical marijuana thing is going to pass the ballot language that, um, for the constitutional requirement for single issues. Well, um, so then he brings the lawsuit. Now this guy, Mark Felsen, is a former chairman of the Nebraska Republican Party for four years. Um, and Wagner agreed to put his name on the challenge um, because he said it's no secret that I'm against medical marijuana. True. But when they, when they asked Felsen who asked, I'm sorry, when they asked Wilson who paid for the challenge, he said, well, that's a matter of attorney-client privilege. Mm -hmm. I yeah. thought that Wagner was his client. He no. was, but he didn't pay the bill. Yeah. And all he will say is, here's a quote, one thing I can tell you, I can assure you 100% hand on the Bible with my lawyer oath to tell the truth that no public or taxpayer dollars were expended expended for the purposes of this litigation. Oh, I'm sure it was yeah. just Ricketts dollars that were expended for this. Right? 100%. I can't, of, I can't think of any other rich people around Nebraska who care that much to be anti-marijuana and just want to randomly keep their anonymity 
Mm-hmm. It has to be Ricketts. It has to be any reasonable person would make that assumption. And again, he could just come out with the truth and then there wouldn't have to be any speculation, but they won't. Because he's funded Ridiculous. everything else. So of yep. course the governor is working he, and he knows he's subverting the will of the people. And that's why he's keeping it a secret. Yep. Everybody wants medical marijuana. His own people, his most diehard supporters, everyone wants it. So he's really, he's really kind of rocking the boat here. Oh, it makes me so angry. So angry. Mm-hmm. Yes, it does. Well, it makes me so angry for all those kids with seizures who the only thing yeah. that helps them is um, CBD oil. And their parents are all at the risk for child abuse charges, drug charges, um, for doing the only thing that helps their kids not have seizures. It's so yeah, it countless, The countless uh, vets, the veterans that had worked so hard to get this passed or people who are whatever there's a wide range of disorders that it helps and now they're all suffering because somebody's secret right you know i mean there's another way they could do this they could pass it in the legislature uh yeah i was actually really surprised that the lincoln journal star um, which is one of the two major newspapers in the state that cover politics, they had an editorial and they were pissed. And they're usually pretty, they usually have a soft hand, even if they're chiding elected officials, but they are clearly pissed. And they basically said that the legislature is not functioning at all. And all the things that the legislature should be doing they're so caught up in partisan bickering that they're not working together and they're not compromising and they're not getting the work of the people done. And they've just got to stop. I mean, I think I part surprised. of that is because a lot of the legislature is bought and paid for. Yeah, right. Exactly. That's exactly what's going on. And well, and we talked about like, well, what if they could bring it? but then there's always the risk of a Ricketts veto. And this year, the speaker made it easy for Ricketts. He just waited out time until the end of the session. And then Ricketts was able to veto and there was no way for them to reconvene and override. Right. Mm-hmm. They waited till the last day. Right, so basically they- On another issue, but still they could pull the same stunt again. They've done this, the speaker did he this too. He did it. Uh, the legislature runs two years, and so this would only happen every two years because uh, things can move from year one to year two. But he did it this year and two years ago where he closed the legislature before the governor had signed all the bills, So, and which is supposed to be a check and a balance. And the legislature does not always override the governor, but sometimes they do. Um, and it can't even... Right, but they can't if they're not in session. And it's just like, I mean, back to what we talked about at the beginning of this episode, it's not a healthy process. It's not a healthy process when you don't have checks and balances in your governor, your government. And also, P.S., voting matters. So 
So if you don't want crappy government like this, you have to vote in better people into government. And better people aren't getting donations from Ricketts. <laughs> no, if they got a donation from Ricketts, move along. Mm-hmm. You can look it up. Um, Stephanie, didn't you say there was another um, resolution that came out of the Nebraska Dems this weekend about climate and social justice? You want to tell us about that? There was. Uh, it was on climate change, clean energy, and climate justice. And um, it was a really strongly worded uh, resolution that was authored by Eric Williams, who is a director on the Omaha Public Power District. Um, he's pushing for uh, clean energy at the district and doing it in the resolution, which we want all of our elected officials working with, but in the resolution specifically talks about climate justice and really making sure that the people are, that were most negatively impacted by all the damage we were doing um, because it might just impact the climate, but impacts people. I mean, in North Omaha, they have a huge uh, coal plant that has caused massive problems in minority communities, um, increased rates of asthma and all kinds of things. Um, and so uh, in the resolution, it speaks about making things just as the, the clean energy transition happens. And then also specifically um, talks about no more subsidies for big oil. So hopefully this is something um, that people can use um, that to push their elected officials, the Democrats, um, to make better decisions on this. And it gives people something to talk about. Um, it's also specific wording in the resolution was eliminated by the National Democratic Party. Um, and so I think it's fantastic that in Nebraska, we are including it and pushing for it. So you're saying it's stronger than the National Dems platform on this issue? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love I it like when it. Nebraska leads the way because here's the thing, like, we can't maintain the path we've been taking as the left because we're losing mm -hmm. like we're losing we don't we don't have anybody in statewide office we have mediocre democrats in office um we also have some amazing ones right but look we have some mediocre ones we need to give people something to be excited about and when you're already like on the downside why not just throw it all out there if not now, then when, you know? Um, just put it all on I mean, the table. Don't show up compromising before you're even at the compromising table. Right. And stand for something. Yeah. Somewhere. That's right. Um, I'm, a, I'm a big proponent that when you are doing advocacy work and when you're voting, you need to be voting in the best interest and in those most vulnerable in our communities. Um, and if you're not a vulnerable person, then you're not voting in your best interest. You're voting in the best interest and the most vulnerable. Well, I mean, there I mean, was a. Oh, I would agree with you, um, Stephanie. And also, when you vote for the most vulnerable, you are voting for yourself. When you make sure there are food safety nets, it means if you ever need it or your kids or your grandkids need it, 
then it's there for you. Um, housing security, taxing the rich appropriately, making sure we all have health care. Um, I saw there was somebody who was questioning why the Lincoln police officer who was just killed in the line of duty by an armed 17 year old, um, they were questioning why that officer's wife and family were being kicked off the healthcare plan. Well, that's what happens when you link healthcare to work, right? Mm-hmm. And so by thinking about the most vulnerable and making sure there's a system that we have healthcare, it helps everyone. Um, that happened with the police officer. They were shot out in Western Nebraska and they lived and the wife had to be his caretaker and he lost his health insurance and she lost her health insurance and neither one of them could go get a job. And so they fell in the Medicaid gap, which so for the last several years, I don't know what they were doing because the Republicans did everything possible not to let us have Medicaid expansion. So yeah, when you vote for the, for the most vulnerable, you are voting for yourself. I would um, totally agree. On the, the resolution you were talking about with um, climate and making sure it addresses the communities who have been most impacted, um, it reminds me of another podcast Melody and I had been listening to, um, How to Save a Planet. Oh, and so the it's so good. I recommend it to our listeners. The last one was called um, Black Lives Matter and the Climate and very much talking about the intersection of racial justice and the climate movement and how they've been disproportionately affected and they need to be the first place that we go to fix it up. I think that we should have a pod where we invite Eric and um, Anthony Rogers Wright, um, who does a lot of climate and uh, racial justice, um, and we should chat with them about it because I think it's really powerful. Yes, I. Well, we talked about this a couple times ago. We wanted to talk about what the Green New Deal would look like in Nebraska, but then the week got twenty twenty, and we (laughs) we couldn't move forward. So, uh, yes, yes, Stephanie, you're in charge of that. Maybe it might not be until after the election. I know we're we're actually, we haven't talked to any candidates yet this election cycle, and we have picked the ones that we think are the most badass that we want you to learn more about, that we want to learn more about. So um, maybe after the election, I think. Do we get it? Can we give a little preview of who we have next week? Yes. I was just going to say we should let them know. Yeah, so next week, uh, we'll be chatting with Jane Klebb, uh, chair of the Nebraska Democratic Party, uh, founder of Bold Nebraska, um, treasurer of our revolution national. So she should have some great things about the upcoming election to chat with us about. And then who do we have the week after that? Kara Eastman. Yes, Kara Eastman. So I think sometimes we these people get so cartoonized because you only see them in like snippets on social media and you don't actually get to hear in their own words what they actually think and believe. And I, I think it'll be awesome. Mm-hmm. One thing, the other thing um, that happened tonight, I know this is probably a lot of Democratic Party stuff, but Jane was um, wrapped in a blanket by the Lemire family and it was really moving and it was really beautiful. Can you explain what that means to be wrapped in a blanket? Um, it's a 
way that uh, tribal members honor people that have given to their tribe in some way, I'm, I'm not 100% sure of all the nuances. Um, that might be a good question uh, for someone in the future. I know it's a, a, an incredible honor to bestow on someone. That's really great. That's really awesome. You know, I actually wrote about it because it happened to Nancy Pelosi. And I wrote about that. Um, what did, I'm gonna look it up. It's back from October of 2019. Uh, and I talked to a woman who was connected to the making of it. So here's what um, she said. Can you speak to Jennifer Lemire or the woman who? No, I talked to, I know I talked to Jennifer Lemire who talked to Alex Romero Frederick, who was actually who made it. And this is what she told me. She said, this is about Nancy Pelosi's star blanket. Um, Alex Romero Frederick made her shawl, made her a shawl and star blanket, sacred items with powerful symbols from the Lakota culture. Mm -hmm. Um and oh and then Jennifer Lemire actually wrote an entire piece about it and so I'll put that in the show notes so anyone who wants to read that but it um the design is reminiscent of the morning star it the gavel represented a historical marker uh because Pelosi was the only person only woman to be speaker of the house so I'm sure they wove in literally wove in um <laughs> symbols to to represent accomplishments they believe that Jane has had. So it might be um, interesting to find out more about that. And I know that um, there were two bears embroidered in the blanket because uh, Frank used to tell her stories about the bear clan that he was a member of. And, um, and so I didn't get to see all of it because, you know, it was a busy night, but maybe she can tell us a little bit about it next week. Yeah, yeah. that would be great. Well, speaking of, it is getting close to my bedtime. So I have a question for you, ladies. Yes. What are you going to be doing this week to get good folks elected in our communities? Oh, good question. I am going to be connecting with the Elliot Bostar campaign to get to do ballot chasing phone calls. And I'm picking him because I think it's going to be a tight race and that's where I live in that district. He sticks up for the climate and for women's reproductive rights. And we need a champion for both of those issues um, in the legislature. Yep. I am gonna try to write some postcards for Brody Weber, for legislature. What about I you, Stephanie? I'm going to- You don't to, do enough, uh, go on. <laughs> Uh, this this coming weekend, um, I'm going to help with a lit drop um, in the district where Brody Weber and Krista Yoakum's um, districts overlap. Um, they're both would be fantastic. Um, Krista's already serving on the county board and uh, I would one million. I can't even tell you how many times over prefer Brody to who's sitting in that seat right now. So I'll be dropping to lit to voters who did not request their ballots by mail. 
Aha. Mm. Awesome. And well, ladies, ballot chase, all of them. I'm telling you, ballot chasing is really fun. And it is, it's just so, Democrats, when you look at the data, for those who are data lovers, Democrats love to vote by mail. <laughs> and often the margin of win is the difference between in-person and voter online, or not online, but mail-in ballot. So it's really, really important. Yep. All right. Well, ladies, sounds like we got a big to-do list. Very good. I'll see you next week, Jane Kleb. Yay! I'm so All excited. Right. Okay. Have a good night. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to Seeing Red Nebraska, Politics from the Left. Seeing Red is a group blog edited by citizen volunteers and entirely devoted to Nebraska politics. You can support us on Patreon with a $5, $10, or $20 a month donation. Be sure to check us out at seeingrednebraska.com and on Facebook and Instagram. You can also follow us on Twitter at seeingredne or contact us via email at seeingredne at protonmail.com.